the Akashic Records gave me these messages that helped me to see how that separation serves my soul and served my soul at the time and also serves my entire life path. And the way that I receive the messages is that it's a yes and. Our guest today, Lee Ashoff, has an incredible perspective around the power of following our creativity, imagination, and intuition. Not only is it her soul's purpose to do this, but it's actually her business to help others find their soul's purpose. Welcome to Energetic Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that guides spiritually curious professionals like you into soul-inspired success without sacrificing who you are to get there. Creative pursuits with impact, expansion through alignment, personal growth for professional gains. With your host, Beth Perry. If the idea of being more creative and intuitively led in your life and business sounds exciting to you, then we'd love to have you join us in our next Operation Breakthrough Workshop. It's starting soon and we've made it easy to click for free VIP access in the show notes below. So Lee Ashoff is with us today. I'm so excited to introduce both her as a, as a person and the work that she does. I think you spiritually curious entrepreneurs are really going to love this episode. So Lee, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you, Bethany. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. So we're going to be talking Akashic Records. We're going to be talking transpersonal energy healing. And for people listening, they might have no idea what that even means, but it definitely sounds cool. And I know for myself, I have such a scientific background. There couldn't have been a bigger skeptic than me 20 years ago. <laughs> and so I'd love to start before we even dig into what the heck are these things, really your story, your personal journey to discovering these modalities, if you will, on your own, when you were a little girl, little five-year-old Lee, what did you want to be when you grew up? Mm, I love that question. So I think I actually wanted to be a dancer, a ballerina, which I haven't actually thought of that in a long time. That was probably my first pick. But when I was younger, I was very creative and imagination was um, very big for me. So I spent a lot of time in my imagination and imaginary worlds. I grew up in Northwestern New Jersey. So I spent a lot of time outside in nature. And I really have, I was always oriented towards connecting with others, being caring towards others and creativity. I think from a very young age, I started my first creative official class. I took a photography class in high school. I was like 15 or 16. And then I eventually went on to get my BFA from the School of Visual Arts. And I graduated with honors. From there, my creativity really grew. Uh, it expanded from photography and art into music. So I played in some bands. And I really loved being in bands where we had pockets of improv in the songs. So improvisation. What did you play? What kind of music? I'm so curious about this. Yeah, I think I, well, my favorite, I was only in a few bands. It was like, but my favorite was Octon and it was sort of a mixture of almost like video game, children's songs and improvisation. So it was very playful and very fun. We didn't have a guitar or a drummer. 
We just had keyboard, cello, flute, xylophone. So yeah, my favorite part of that was improvisation, which connects to what I do now in such a major way. So that's why I bring that up because I was really drawn to that. And I think imagination has a lot of improvisation as well, because it's just an unfolding. And I also got my master's in neuroscience and education. I too had a, well, in my own way, I had a very a deep curiosity about human biology and my own biological system. The more I read about neuroscience and uh, mental health, the more empowered I felt. So I went that route for a little bit. And then I also studied yoga. So I really got into like an embodied practice with an element of spirituality and philosophy. And Eventually, throughout the years, I continued to work in photography and yoga and using using neuroscience and education sort of blended through at times. Eventually, I, I came into a greater need. I'm also a super lover of therapy. I think it's a beautiful thing, more traditional psychotherapy. And I came into a point of my life where I was curious about more. And it was really natural. My seeking really led me to meet friends and teachers who taught me about these healing modalities that I'm now trained in. So everything that I offer, I learned, and I do honor my teachers, everyone that I've learned from an official teacher or just a stranger, my friends, my family. I mean, it just is the full range as I see it. So yeah, that's what I would sort of summarize. And the healing, the techniques that I offer as a healing practitioner are all really supported by my foundation and creativity. And I will say improvisation is a big part of that because the sessions are so alive and they're so, I never know what will happen in a session with someone. So I really love that element. I really honor that element because it's, it's, it's our vitality. It's our systems coming to be seen and, and questions to be presented. Well, I think everyone listening would agree that creativity is a key part of being successful as an entrepreneur, but even just in life, to give ourselves permission to be curious and to get creative, not just when things are going wrong, but because things could be better or because we have a desire to learn. This creativity seems, obviously, it's like a core value of yours from what I'm hearing. And how would you define success? So if it was being a ballerina when you were little and it's kind of morphed into being on a journey, discovering new things and embodying more fully, constantly learning, but you have all these twists and turns that in hindsight, I'm sure make perfect sense, but where you are now, what does success mean to you? Mm, I love that question. So I think success is the way that I measure success for myself. I think it is how much I have laughed and lived in an an embodied state of connection with my heart. So that's throughout every day. That to me is how I measure success. And of course, when I say that, I don't intend to say that you know, every day is always laughing, always in my heart and human. And so it's a flow and it's a flux. And again, the creative element is to respond to reality while holding a dream or staying in my heart or moving out of my heart and then back into my heart. I have goals and I have dreams, but to me, it's really about my resonance along the way each day, like the little steps and Again, how much I've laughed and how much I've stayed connected in my own heart and connected with others in an authentic way. One thing that you said that really stood out to me, and I want to highlight, 
is that being connected to your heart and embodying your experience, the human experience, that it's not all rainbows and butterflies. I want to highlight the importance of what you said about being connected to our heart, because a lot of people might misunderstand that to be happy-go-lucky and only connect to the feel-good moments. But we have feelings that don't necessarily feel good, but they're still so valuable. They're giving us information. They're giving us an experience that, that we now have contrast in our life. And it makes those happy moments even more powerful because we understand sadness or we understand grief or we understand disappointment and pain and betrayal, and these really uncomfortable things that flow through us. But one of the things I, I think we would agree on is that emotions are in motion. As happy as we might be, we're not going to be that happy forever. We're not meant to just stay there and plateau. That's also true. The saddest, most uncomfortable feelings that we have, those are also not permanent. They're meant to be in motion. So what would you say to someone listening? If you have a tip or trick about how you stay grounded and connected in your heart during those uncomfortable times. So practice is definitely one thing that comes to mind, gentle daily practice. And when I first learned about grounding or earthing, it seemed like a big deal. And I thought, well, how, how could I possibly take the time to do this every day? But the more I practice it, the more I'm familiar with it in my body and the more I can relax into it quicker. There's so for things- someone that's listening that maybe is like, I don't know what to practice. I don't know how to ground with a tangible, like if they're listening right now with their earbuds in and they're in a quiet, safe place, what's something they could do with their body or is there a a mantra or Mm -hmm. what's a very beginner starting place? Okay. So I would say you can close your eyes if you, if you're able to, and on your exhale, just send all your breath and energy down all the way down your body, down into the earth, down into the core of the earth and relax your physical body as well. So grounding is connecting with the earth. It's a downward flow. It's a relaxing, it's a slowing down. You can even listen to your heartbeat and breathe, take deep breaths and listen to your heartbeat. So the beat of a drum is another earthy element, the beat of the heart. So I love the beat of the heart connecting with the earth because that's another way you could sort of ground into your body and bring your heart beat and vision, your heartbeat connecting with the pulse of the earth. That's another one. Some visualization. And it might be difficult, like it might be hard to do that, especially if we live like a fast paced life. But again, that's the simple, I'll leave it at that. But that's what I would say, like as a simple suggestion. I think that's a fantastic starting point. And it's one of those things where I really try to respect that for someone that's just beginning, those are tangible, like, okay, I can take a deep breath, but here's an intention behind the breath and how to focus what's the purpose of this breath and to bring them into the moment, but also for someone that maybe has been practicing grounding and practicing energy work and not practicing, but experiencing their own spiritual awakening, that it can be that reminder to come back to the basics, to intentionally reconnect with ourselves. Like you said, once you feel comfortable with it, it becomes something that you can do just a few seconds and bring you back into the moment. What I see in a lot of my clients is that we end up having to 
address that it's human nature. It's very uncomfortable oftentimes to be in the moment. It's so much easier to have guilt or shame about stuff from the past or to have fear and worry about stuff in the future. But when you, when we come back to that moment, there's an opportunity for peace. And I love your suggestion to focus on the heartbeat, focus on the breath. I'm a big fan of, (laughs) I'm still breathing. My heart is beating. That means I have choice in this moment. I am capable of taking a next step, whether that's an emotional decision or a business decision or relationship conversations. There's so many different things. And just that reminder of, okay, actually I'm back in this moment. Now, what do I want to do next? It's a beautiful reminder. So thank you for sharing that getting started tips. So on your journey, on your personal exploration, I know you've also studied a lot. You mentioned your mentors that you've studied under in a intentionally training way, but also the the teachers of experiences and family and friends. So it sounds like you're really in a student mindset in many different instances. If you would share, how did you first hear about Akashic Records? Hmm. One of my closest friends is an Akashic Record reader. So it was by peripheral relationship that she offered me a reading. And in my training, there's a, there's a period of time where we offer free readings as practice. So I had a couple of readings with her as a gift. She gave, she gave it to me as a gift. And then I went on and found another Akashic reader that I didn't know personally to read for me, but the first couple readings, and I do share this with people who come to me, especially for their first reading. It took me, it took me time to cultivate a relationship with the information that comes through from my Akashic records. So I encourage that. And I like to share that and educate people on that because it is, it is different than anything else. So again, to honor people that are listening that maybe don't know what an Akashic record reading is, will you share for someone brand new? Who's like, I hit play on this episode because I have no idea what they're talking about and I want to know. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, and the Akashic records are a soul level dimension of consciousness and it's a vibrational record that holds the experience of every soul. And the readings are not psychic readings. However, sometimes people who identify as psychics offer Akashic readings. So I like to make that distinction. Every reading is a healing. The readings dignify the person um, coming to the reading. You, As a person coming to uh, an Akashic reading, you can ask questions. You can dialogue about your life. And the messages come from a vibrational space of unconditional love and possibility. So as a reader, I deliver the messages for the person coming to the reading. So I would give a quick example of how the records have changed my life. Early on, when I started to become a practitioner in the more advanced classes, we do experiential work. And I asked about my family and my parents, because I had a lot of separation from my parents that I work with on my healing journey, separation from them as a child. And the Akashic Records gave me these messages that helped me to see how that separation serves my soul and served my soul at the time and also serves my entire life path. 
And the way that I receive the messages is that it's a yes and. So I bring this information and messages and insight. It's really insight and perspective. So I say messages a lot, but it's like, wow, this is how it's viewed from the Akashic realm, which is not something in my human mind I was able to come up with or grasp or even discover in therapy. So that has really, I feel like it has just brought a fuller buffet of my human life experience to me and to my awareness. The awareness is in consciousness and also the heart. So over time, the messages that come through and the insights that come through in a reading can potentially be really transformational. Sometimes the messages are really simple, but they're very powerful. So I'll leave it at that. I love talking about the Akashic Records. I love how you explained it. I think the simplicity with which you speak of it and also your own gentleness and reverence for what Akashic Records are, how they've served you, how they've transformed your own personal life, but then also you get to experience this with your clients as well. And I know my session with you was incredible. One thing that you said where the messages that come through, sometimes they're so simple, but they're really powerful. And one of my messages was around relaxing into my power. But it was this <laughs> really uncomfortable thing for me to, in this dialogue, asking for clarity about what's another way for me to look at that in my daily life. And it came back to, well, no, 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 no. It's not just sitting on a beach. It's not just swinging in a hammock, relaxing into your power. In my situation, I was really guided to, it might feel uncomfortable. Some of the next steps that I need to take might be very uh, challenging, but relaxing into my power. It's about trusting my truth and my gifts and my talent and taking that next step, not because it feels like sipping a Mai Tai. <laughs> I hope that what people are hearing is that there is a playfulness about this practice, but you can absorb it and integrate it in very serious ways and have dramatic impact and effect on how you might trust your own self. And in my energetic intelligence blueprint, we talk about the spiritual is one of the key components that we receive information from, from our intuition. People have different levels of capacity, I believe. I'm curious your thoughts on this, Lee. So I guess my own process of understanding spirituality, at one point, probably about 10 years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, I know so much about spirituality now. And then <laughs> as I continued on my journey, I was like, I know nothing practically. Like, there's so many more doors left to open and so much more to discover. I guess where I'm at now, how I would say it is that I believe we are born with a certain spiritual capacity. Like that's our starting point. But I don't believe that it's predetermined. You can only go so far in a, in a lifetime. It's not like our, our DNA, my sister will never be six foot tall. She's always going to be, you know, five, one. but my other sister could never be five, one. She's going to be, you know, 11. And that's just our DNA in our physical experience, our eye color, our skin color, our height. There's certain things that 
that's what we're going to be at some point. And it, how well we eat and how well we exercise and how well we hydrate, that might impact it a little bit. But with spirituality, when someone decides that they want to explore more, regardless of what their current capacity is, I'm of the belief that the sky isn't even the limit. It's like, how far do you want to go? What's your take? So I like, I love that question as well. To me, I feel like it's a balance between the infinite and moderation. (laughs) That's what I would say. And I believe that one of my roles is to help with uh, a proper dosage. That's something that came through with some recent work that I'm doing. So as a practitioner, as a human, I would say it's a balance between seeking and expanding and and integrating that as a human. And I think something that has come through a couple times in, from the Akashic Records is it takes the time that it takes. And I think that's a bit of a mystery. And it's something that I relax into a lot of the time, because in my human timeline, I sometimes have an idea about how long I think things are going to take. And then when I balance that perspective with uh, my soul or my soul's path or the lessons that I'm learning on a spiritual, emotional level, then I can relax a little bit more about timeline or like how far out I'm getting or how experienced I'm getting spiritually. I mean, in my experience, spiritual lessons and spiritual learning is just, there's, it, there's an abundance and it's all about where we are in the moment. And I think that there's quiet moments too. I don't necessarily think it's just this stream of insight and enlightenment. I think um, it's a balance between human and soul and honoring both in our moment to moment relationship. So I I hope that answers the question. I feel it's sort of a vast question. So yeah, I tend to do big questions quite often. (laughs) I love it. It's It's, I love the concept of human and soul is really beautiful how you described it. And I think one of most people that start seeking in a spiritual way, their life's purpose, the having the most expansive experience during this lifetime, when someone's at that level of self-actualization, it can feel, especially if we're business owners and ambitious people in general, and we have big dreams and big goals and big desires, it can be an interesting dichotomy between time an effort in certain tasks. Like if you spend enough time and you put enough effort into putting your clothes away, eventually they get put away and you can have a reasonable, this should take about 20 minutes. And I'm using laundry as an example. I hate putting clothes away. Maybe that's because it's one of the things where I'm like, okay, it's just going to be 20 minutes. If, If I have to do it for whatever reason, then I'm like, okay, 20 minutes, I can get it done in 20 minutes. But with spirituality and expanding our capacity in our soul, but it also, I think expands us as humans is more about alignment than tick-tock, tick-tock on the clock. I teach it like a combination lock where it doesn't matter how many times you spin the the lock wheel hitting the right numbers. It's the door's not going to open for you. But once you learn how to access that safe or that open that safe, once you get the combination, you can open it at will. 
And I think that even ties back to what you talked about earlier about it's a practice. I love that we gave people some tangible starting places. I also hope that people are excited to have a little more understanding about what the Akashic Records are and what a reading might look like. I know you also do energy healing with people and tell us a little bit about how that works with Akashic Record readings, please. Mm-hmm. Please tell us all the things. Yes. Yes. So transpersonal energy healing, those sessions are a bit more based in counseling and dialogue between myself as a practitioner and the person coming to the sessions. Transpersonal energy healing, there's a lot of art of inquiry. The way I would describe that process is that we work with the art of inquiry. We work with your breath, your body, and the present moment, and what is coming up. That connects us to, it connects you to energy in your system. And a lot of times things that want to be seen and heard, energy, and that what comes with that is energy that wants to move. So the transpersonal energy um, healing sessions, they're a bit more counseling. There's a lot of art of inquiry. There's a lot of being seen and heard and moving energy. A lot of times we have stuck energy. Most of us do, and it's okay. And it really, what energy really loves to do is just flow and move. And then the stuckness can be seen as an opportunity of exploration and really like friendship with self to befriend a part of ourselves that's stuck or wants to be seen, wants to come into the light. So they're really beautiful sessions where the person coming into the session gets to really explore themselves. And they are really great complementary sessions to an Akashic reading. So an Akashic reading can bring about and unearth a lot of insights and perspectives the transpersonal energy healing can take it into a deeper embodied awareness. And that's how I would say the two link together. I think they both work with energy and they both work with relationship with self, really connecting with self and discovery as well. I am obviously on the same page with you that us knowing ourselves ultimately allows us to perform better in business, in life, but it's not a show. You cannot fake self-discovery. You cannot fake alignment. When we consider this whole getting to know yourself better, it's also about taking action, right? So if we have a new awareness, is there anything that we need to change? Is there anything that we could improve? Whether it's business SOPs or life decisions or health choices that we're making, once we have that next level of awareness, Connecting it to action that supports that is so important. And so I love to ask the question on this show from people about energy versus strategy and which one is more important. You know, especially the the people listening are heart-centered entrepreneurs. Growth is a top value of theirs. They're ambitious, they have big dreams, but they also care about doing it in the right way not in a perfect way, not in necessarily being right all the time. Although I'm sure as humans, we all love when we are right. (laughs) But when it comes down to having this awareness or having this next level understanding, what's your perspective on when we go to get into action, what's going to best serve people? 
the energy that they're in when they're taking action or the strategy that they're following? I love that question too. And I love how you phrased it and expanded on it. So my perspective of that is, and and my opinion or my suggestion would be to, and what I would do for myself is to connect energetically first and to have the energy be the core of the strategy so that I'm working with, I'm caring for my energy body. I'm tuning into my own energy. I'm using tools to work with my energy. So, so it's in a state that I want it to be. For example, do I need to neutralize or clear? Do I need to charge up? Do I need to charge down and tuning in and working with that or intention is very powerful as well. So I feel like intention is connected with energy. I love thinking about energy as like just the core of strategy and the resonance that comes through the strategy. So I would personally work on my energy first and then move into action. And I think it is a fantastic question and topic because it's emotion, spirit, and agency and rationality. I mean, it's sort of like a blend of a couple of different things, but spirit and will, I think it goes together beautifully. And there's so many compliments to them. Yes. They're definitely all connected. I mean, the energetic intelligence blueprint is looking at the overlap of spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, behavioral, and relational. And each one of those is like a whole universe on its own. So I love how you're recognizing the overlap, but also the way that you really support people in going deeper into this one key area. I know we're actually going to be bringing you in to give our breakthrough clients an experience with Akashic Records. And I'm so excited for that. But in the meantime, really supporting our larger audience as a whole and introducing them to the concept, going a little deeper into the facts that knowing yourself, that you can have support in accessing what's already inside of you. And that's what you've studied and trained and, and actually lived years before you started working with clients. So you were on your own journey using this work for yourself, which I think it really speaks to your level of commitment to your craft as a healer, as a teacher, by really walking the walk, so to speak. Thank you so much. Yeah. I know we do have to wrap up for today's episode, but I'd love to finish with some fun rapid fire questions because I'm nosy and people want to know. You ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. It's exciting. Okay. So first question, do you prefer to spend money on things or experiences? Experiences. And what is your favorite experience that you have gifted yourself? Time in nature. Hmm. I like it. Give us a glimpse into your morning routine. How does a day in the life of Lee start out? Mm, I love to start my days opening my Akashic records and doing some inquiry and dialogue with my soul team and quiet time. If I can't do that, it's with quiet time. I love to, to be awake for at least an hour before doing any work or meetings and just having some quiet time to just ease into the day. Very important to me. Quiet time. It's been a, well, yeah. Okay. I'll save it. I'm like, I have a two year old, but I also am very lucky that my husband gets up with him. So I do get that 
restful time, even if it's not exactly quiet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't have to be on full go mode, like the two generators that are in my house. Okay. Next question. What is your go-to keep your cool technique when you're faced with an intense business situation or decision? Connecting with my core. So along the base of my spine to the crown of my head and grounding, just breathing, connecting with my core and just sending my energy down into the earth. That is definitely my (laughs) (laughs) go-to. What is something that you get embarrassed by? I think when I get a lot of a lot of compliments all at one time, I get a little shy. That's a sweet embarrassment. I think sometimes I'm hard on myself and I wish I was further along in my career, but or some kind of physical or materialistic view or something. But all the techniques that I offer help help me relax into the present moment for sure, for sure. Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> what is what would you say is your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Mm. My intention of of what my legacy is and what I would like to be remembered for is to be a encouraging person and someone who is respectful and honest with myself and with others, someone who is open in heart and mind. Well, that's definitely how I'll remember you from our conversation today. I so appreciate you being on. And last question for anyone listening that wants to stay connected, obviously we're going to have all the ways to get more Lee in your life in the show notes, but if there are going to click off this podcast and come find you on a social media app where what's the first one they should go to. I would say Instagram or Facebook. Okay. So we will have all of the links in the show notes and Lee, thank you so much again for coming guys. Remember go find her on Instagram or Facebook are her go-to places. Thank you. So so we'll look forward to staying connected with you and wish you all the best. Talk soon. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. And remember, it's great to have someone tell you what worked for them, but it's better to have someone show you what will work for you. Until next time, I believe in you.